Episode 8 To Worship and Serve Genesis 2 verses 10 to 15 As we began to see in the last episode, God did not create man to work the ground of the earth as most Bibles indicate. Man's ultimate end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. God is complete in and of Himself. He lacks nothing. And therefore anything that he has created is a demonstration of his own goodness and should reflect his infinite worth. Man pursuing works doesn't fit this particular picture very well, and so what we need to do is look deeper into God's intent for man in Genesis chapter 2, in the Garden of Eden, the spot where God dwelt and fellowshiped with him. Chapters 2 and 3 are finer details inserted into the larger overview of chapter 1, Details that give us specific insights into something that must be rather important for us to know. Verse 10 A river flowed through Eden and watered the garden. From that point the river was divided. It had four streams flowing into it. The name of the first stream is Pishon. It flows around the whole land of Havilah where there is gold. That gold is good. Bedellium and Onyx are also there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It flows around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris. It flows out of Assyria toward the east. The fourth river is the Euphrates. The theme of the water of life goes literally from Genesis to Revelation and winds throughout both testaments. Right here in the Genesis account, we see that one river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it parted and became four riverheads. This is amazingly similar to the Gospel message. From both the Garden of Eden and from his Gospel, we see amazing parallels. The river names are Pishon, meaning increase, Gihon, meaning bursting forth, Hidekel, meaning rapid, and Parath, meaning fruitfulness. Each of these rivers came from one source, and together they wound their way around the world. In the same way, the gospel comes from one source, and yet it branches out into four different accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Together, these four accounts, which stem from a single source, go out to water the world with the knowledge of the Lord, and to proclaim the water of life, which was symbolized by the four rivers flowing out of the Garden of Eden. The rivers of Eden symbolized spiritual life, but after the fall of man, the river's origins have changed. The Pishon is no longer flowing at all, symbolizing death. The Euphrates and Tigris rivers run through the lands which in the Bible are opposed to God, Babylon. These symbolize spiritual enmity with God. Only one river flows out of God's chosen land of Israel, the Gihon, a small spring that is almost unnoticeable. This is comparable to what Jesus said in Matthew 7 verses 13 to 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Though the Gihon is just a small brook today, it is symbolic of the wellspring of spiritual life in a world dead.
in sin. This in opposition to the immense amount of water flowing through the rivers of apostasy and false world religions, which is symbolized by Babylon. Typically, translations of Genesis 2 verse 15 show that work is to be done by man in the Garden of Eden. Verse 15 Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it, is a typical example. Dr. Howe notes, The problem with these translations is that the pronoun in the verse does not agree in gender with the word garden. Dr. Howe's conclusion is that the verbs should be taken as abstract in meaning. The significance of resting the man in the garden is not to demonstrate man's relationship to the garden, but rather to provide a setting for the story to demonstrate man's relationship and responsibility to God. Instead of tend and to keep, he says they should be translated worship and serve, as both words are translated elsewhere in the Bible. And isn't this exactly what the gospel itself proclaims? We can't in any way supply for ourselves our own good. Instead, Jesus is the one who supplies our every need. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It wasn't the garden to which Adam was responsible, but to God, to worship and to serve him. Dr. Howe notes that, before the fall, Adam's intention was directed upwards toward God. He was to serve God through keeping his commandment, and he was to worship him through trust and obedience. But, after the fall, Adam's attention was directed downwards, towards the ground. Instead of looking to God for sustenance, he had to look to the ground. Instead of looking to God for eternal life, he would look to the ground as his final resting place. The lesson here is that we also have a choice. We can look upward to God to worship and serve him as he determines, or we can look down to the ground and attempt to have our own works justify us. In the end, the ground is a hard master, one of bondage and pain. But the Lord, oh the Lord is gentle and mild. Come to me, all you who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus' words in Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. The garden was lost to man, but through Jesus it can be restored. In the garden was a river of life. There was no curse, just a chance to worship and serve the Creator. Jesus promises the same to us on the final page of the Bible. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. 
and there shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Revelation 22 verses 1 to 4 If you're not sure if you would be enjoying this worship, service and fruit in the restored garden, simply exercise faith in the work that the Lord Jesus did. Jesus died, was buried and rose again, according to the scriptures. Whoever exercises faith in this sacrificial, atoning work will be saved from an eternity of toil because God demonstrates his love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died and rose again for us. Hallelujah and Amen.